All right. Well, hey, we're looking forward to having Melinda and Kathy from Schneider Electric's U.S. operations. They're talent and HR leaders for Schneider Electric. Um, you know, we're, we're really approaching the topic here for this month on how do you how do you effectively calibrate what you want in a role and how do you hire against what you want to best maximize um, the quality of that hire? Okay. And so um, I'm going to start with Kathy or Kathy what what is really the main things that you guys are doing from an approval process on a position and, and what elements go into that calibration for your team all right so thank you Ben um, really what we do is we look at our workforce plan and we when we have a need we look at the entire workforce and try to determine um, if it a role that we can either take a build, a buy, or a borrow approach. So build means that you know we can find that talent from within our workforce, that we already have it internally. Um, we have a pretty robust talent management practice, and uh, we will look at our uh, you know top talent and see if it's a role that they could fill, that we could grow them into that role. Um, from a buy perspective, if we can't find it internally, then we will decide to leverage our talent acquisition team and um, look externally for that type of talent. And then borrow is something we just really started doing a lot at Schneider Electric. Um, we have deployed some AI within our business. We are a technology company, so we love technology. And we have unleashed what's called the open talent market which is a technology that allows um, our employees to look for roles internally and they can also look for projects. So if they would like to do a project to gain some exposure um, and it might be something that might be in addition or will always be in addition to their current role, um, but it's a stretch type project that they would sign up for. So when we borrow talent, we would put that project into um, our open talent market and we leverage AI to help match people and the competencies they're either looking to build or that they currently have and um, we can then borrow the talent and put them on a temporary project. So really those are the three-prong approach we decide that we use uh, to decide if we're going to look internally or externally for talent. Oh, I, re I really like that process. I kind of like the, the rationale and how you segment it. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, the AI mechanism or how do you like determine this person has the competencies, is a, is a viable person to be in that interview pool for one of those projects? Well, our employees upload their own profiles and they can pull them in through LinkedIn and then they, um, are able it's almost it's kind of like a, a tinder or something where they can swipe left or right of roles that are interest them and then the ai um, uses its knowledge to learn what the employee is interested in to then suggest new roles for them in the future and each week an employee gets a list of possible projects or possible roles that um, they could either apply for, and then it's also great because our hiring managers are then able to access um, a lot of talent that they might not be aware of. Oh, that's fabulous. I really like that. That's, um, I get to interact with a lot of companies. You don't, you don't see that robust system happening 
um, the way it's happening for you guys. So that's great. Um, let's focus on, let's say you have to go outside the organization to attract talent. Um, what is it that you calibrate from like, this is how you do the job description. This is what you're really looking for. Not just the hard skills, but the soft skills, the big picture. What are the things that you guys really dive into in your interview and, and qualification standpoint for a role? So I think that's a great question, um, Ben. And, and we really work, the recruiters work with the hiring manager proactively. So we're hoping that it's not just the time that we have a rec to open, right? So there's a relationship that's built so they have a business acumen and understanding of what the business is looking for in qualifications. And to your point about um, it's not just the hard skills, but the behavioral interviewing that we need to deploy with them. And so we've really been pushing on let's, you know, let's not reinvent this and let's use practices that have worked time and time again, like behavioral interviewing. So we've been training the managers on that. We really ensure that our job descriptions don't have biases built in and that um, we are looking at from a lens of, of attracting the talent in the marketplace. And back to what Kathy was saying on builder buy, you know, what are the skills that we can develop internally? What do we really need to be acquiring from the market? And whether that's um, new skills, new capabilities that we does not exist within our company, but also to your point about the behaviors, those are so critical that you're actually looking harder on the behaviors that people bring and really leveraging different assessment tools inside of that. And I would say also having a deeper understanding with a recruitment strategy around what the market will bear. And we're seeing that we're what's benefiting us a lot is using the analytics. So we've invested in some tools that give us more market knowledge and, and capability to assess just how uh, difficult it is going to be to find certain skills, whether it's by geography or capability. And that's helping really develop a robust uh, recruiting strategy that our recruiters are bringing uh, to the hiring managers and so that they can work proactively together to go attack that. And we really try um, to ensure that that process is a collaborative process and that our leaders are, are what we call talent scouts and, and being proactive in that and working with us. Oh, that's excellent. Um, you know, if you look at where calibration sometimes goes off in the recruitment strategy is, okay, this is what we want. Um, what we want from an experience standpoint is not very attractive to the market, right? And that's, and so they, everyone feels like it's a lateral move instead of a career opportunity. There's also what we want and what we can afford can be a, a you know, misalignment that causes a lot of frustration for TA teams. How does, how does you, what do you do with, within your teams to address those two topics with hiring managers, the market data, love that big, big, you know, thing we believe in, but are there techniques, things, how the conversation goes that, that you find best practices around compensation and maybe, Hey, we, we want to, we want a Lexus, but we're, you know, we can't afford that. Right. Or we can't. <laughs> yeah, I think, Kathy, we, we have both probably experienced that um, significantly. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Right. Never. Never in this company. <laughs> you know, I, I think it does. Well, one, your, your compensation reward packages is not just the financial. So I do think there's an education and helping everybody calibrate on what is that attractiveness into our company. And, you know, are we robust enough? 
not just in the, the financials, but the rest of the benefits that we bring in terms of our flexibility at work policies, our attractiveness on, you know, having that fact that we're a global company, we have global career paths and opportunities, we invest heavily in development. So I do think, you know, getting people off that mindset of just price, it's kind of like when you're buying just on price and looking for the lowest price um, option, you really have to think in a, a more holistic uh, stance. And and the data, you know, we we'll go back to the data and sharing what the market will bear and, and how competitive it is. I think that goes a long way. You know, the facts and, and being more fact-based is critical in the talent acquisition recruiting space. And, and our company, I think, does an excellent job with the, the market scans and the market intelligence on um, what benefits people are looking for and whether we're, we're remaining competitive. And if we're not, you know, how do we benchmark and, and continue to become more competitive and smart in the way that we're approaching that topic? Kathy, anything you want to add to that? You know, the only other thing I would add is um, we also do a really good job of coaching people that um, sometimes you do have to take a lateral move in order to move up on the career ladder. So it's okay to move over in order to go up. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, you know, because I was my kind of my next offshoot of that question would be, do you guys have a mindset or is it, what do you think culturally is it? you know, we want our recruiting strategy be to go find people with that 15 years experience and, and bring them over in the lateral move? Or, or are you looking for people that you want to give them that promotional opportunity? And that's part of the job stretch and, and kind of excitement of why you can get that talent on your team. Um, maybe it's situational, but what are your thoughts on that? I think I mean, it's situational. Can, <laughs> no, I just I think it really depends on the role, and it is situational. I think that what we really try to do is have a, a lot of um, diversity in terms of experience. Um, so that is going to mean some roles we have identified are great roles to bring people in um, with experience right out of college and really grow them. Other roles we know it might be a very niche role or, or a technical role that we need someone with a lot of industry experience. So I really do think that it, it is situational, like you said. Melinda, anything you'd add? Yeah, no, and I would just say, too, that you brought up the other part of this, which is the university hiring, right, and having a balanced strategy on early career, that development, strong career path, versus when do you really need to do professional hiring, which has a lot of advantages, but there's disadvantages. And then, you know, when you're doing a professional hire, somebody that's been established, there a lot of times they have, you know, set ways of doing things. There's the cultural inferences. So it's back to the behaviors that you want to see. Is this a cultural fit? You know, it's, it's not always so simple to have a successful transition. So you really, you know, need to ensure upfront um, as we're working on these strategies with people that we're trying to bring in that it's a cultural fit too. And that what they really is attracted to is not just kind of a short term, it's a longer term investment on both sides, right? So you want people staying for the long haul. And I think that culture fit is so critical in this as we're, you know, trying to look at the professional hires, especially. I think the the university recruits that we do, it's really great because we can help um, really integrate them and make an impact on their career and the brand of, of Schneider Electric and, and the value of Schneider. It, it's, it's different when you hire in, in a professional sense based on uh, which company they are coming from and the, the culture that that company has. Well, that's great insight. Let's let's dive into um, 
integrating a hiring process across the larger organization, right? You have these calibration elements. You want people to have us be on the same page, know what you're looking to do. What best practices or pitfalls do you want people to think about or avoid that you've learned in your, in your talent years? I think, you know, for me, some of it is, you know, what we started on earlier that you want the the ideal candidate, right? And that your what you're looking for is almost impossible to find. And you write these descriptions or, you know, these requirements that are so detailed that you're, you're really, um, you're eliminating half of the market. And, and this change of, if we're trying to attract diverse candidates, people that are different, from us, then we have to be much more open. But it's it's not always easy to start there with with the hiring manager. And and I think part of it is also being recognizing that they're protecting their own time, right? So they're always looking at what can I afford to do and develop somebody versus wanting to have somebody that just hits the ground running. So that mindset that kind of says I want all of these things um, checked off the box when you're hiring it's it's not always easy to get them to move off of that initially. And I think that's part of the pitfalls of, of trying to help working with them to change and be more open to maybe non-traditional candidates. Um, and even if it's going to take a little bit more ramp up time, it's better for us um, in totality to have a more diverse workforce. I would say that that's um, a big one. And then you've already kind of touched on the other one around misalignment on, on compensation and or um, other benefits that they're looking for that, you know, if you want all these perfect things, then what you're going to pay for is a lot more than what you can afford um, that we have to help educate. And then when you think of fair practices, fair pay practices too, entering in, uh, that's another one, right, on what you can and cannot do or what you shouldn't do um, to ensure that you're uh, keeping an open um, mindset on, you know, what what these positions bear in the marketplace and not really being able to enter into, you know, well, what did you make before, you know, what was your past pay and, and that mindset of just um, staying inside of those parameters. And I think Kathy, we struggle with that even more internally because you have access to that data. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We do. And, and, you know, Melinda, you hit the nail on the head. I, I would say our, our, one of our biggest issues are poorly written job descriptions. Um, we have, leaders who sometimes think that, you know, they write down every single thing that they have done to get to where they are in their career. And it can be hard to think that someone could do your job, but get there in a different path. And, um, you know, that is a challenge. And, and Melinda and I were joking earlier that, you know, they, sometimes we see these job descriptions and like, they're looking for a unicorn, you know, we can't find this person. So, um, really coaching our managers um, to write job descriptions and we help them and our talent acquisition team does a great job of partnering to ensure that there aren't any unconscious biases written into these um, job descriptions. And an example, I was just on the call, um, you know, if, if we use the word collaboration more in our job descriptions, it can oftentimes attract a more gender diverse pool of talent. Um, and, and we are in the technology area. And so we tend to, it tends to be heavily male dominated. And if we use the word collaboration, we can get more gender diverse people apply to it. Um, and then the only thing I would say from a, 
hiring manager perspective, a pitfall I see is just accepting the very first candidate that they, they see and not really pushing to get a full candidate slate uh, before making a decision and ensuring that that candidate slate is diverse. Yeah. Other, the other thing Kathy made me think of is candidate fatigue because we have to, we put them through so many interviews with so many people um, <laughs> and then we drag out the process. And so trying to kind of push different ways of, of interviewing, maybe using panels and things to accelerate um, the, the candidate experience, right? Sometimes I think we lose sight of the fact that we are marketing and, and selling to people internally and externally, right? It's also internal in, in what you do to attract people into your team um, with the way that you're positioning and, and thinking, you know, I have to sell them. This is a two-way streak. No, those are some awesome points and a kind of a multifaceted elements there. How about, you know, your organization's pretty large. How, how do you educate the hiring managers on some of those things, right? Is it just kind of one by one in the moment? Do you do coaching opportunities, seminars, lunch and learns? What, what is that to move the needle across to a bigger group of people? I feel like I want to say all of the above. <laughs> it's a combination, yes. <laughs> right? Yes, 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 and yes. Um, we have done formal training, right? We do have training around, you know, diversity and inclusion. We have training around behavioral interviewing. Um, we really are trying to help educate them on, you know, the different nuances and, and what they're doing that, that leads to that. And again, you know, the fact being more fact-based with the analytics and, and showing by example and leading by example. Um, but it really, I, I think too, we have, we have a really uh, strong leader with Amr Paul and that Clayton, you know, that they also are going and, and helping with this messaging uh, to help change that mindset. And I think open talent market, honestly, we launched that last year in the U S because it was piloted globally first in, in some other countries but that really has challenged, I think, a lot of uh, leader managers' paradigms in, in this space um, and is, is educating all of us to think and operate differently in a much more agile function and be faster in our decision making. Um, and, you know, and I think part of it, too, Kathy, you talked about the Tinder, like, swipe left, swipe right. That's even hard because that feedback to say, you know what, this isn't a fit and I need to tell you no, you know, kind of thumbs down or the employee to do a thumbs down, I think is it's an invitation for a conversation that we're not used to always having to on the rejection part of it too. No, and I'd say the only other thing that, that we do to um, help our managers and our leaders, is it is a goal. Melinda said that we expect everyone to be talent scouts. And I mean, we also train them on um, how to be active on social media because we expect all of our employees to um, help with recruitment. It doesn't, it is not talent acquisition's job, it's all of ours. So we really do push that on um, the, the leaders and hiring managers when they're opening recs that it's a two-way street and we need a lot of their help. No, absolutely. Um, you know, listening to you guys speak, it, it resonates with me. You know, I, I, that's what I do is talent and, um, I, I like the idea, I believe in the idea of a multi-funnel recruitment strategy. So to your point of don't make the job description so narrow that you can't broaden the potential funnels of people that could go into the top of the interview process. Um, I know hiring managers can be nervous about that, 
But if you have a really uh, robust interview process where you really think you're going to have a holistic view of the candidate, now you get to interview a variety of different people against this baseline that you calibrated and then hire the best of the best. And sometimes that might be through a lateral move, but it also might you've identified a rock star that you wouldn't have even interviewed because you would have disqualified them in your, you know, in that narrow minded approach. Um, for us, we believe in what we call the head, heart, and briefcase, so behavioral and cognitive analytics, uh, motivation, and culture fit, and then a resume, and look at all of it to make a objective decision. So um, I'm right in lockstep with you guys. I really like your input on, on broadening that expanse, but being calibrated on what you're interviewing them against. Your comment about um, candidate kind of be exhausted by the process, that can be really true in some cases and hire managers hiring the first resume. It can be true in some cases, right? So it's kind of situational. And how do you make that elite for your process with hire managers? So um, I really appreciate your time. You guys added some great insight. Um, we look forward to getting this out and, and thanks again for all your feedback. Thank, Thank you for having us. We appreciate enjoyed it. it.